0: case studies, when you read them, they enable you to see like, is this the person that I want to work with? And is this the process that I want to go through to get to this destination that I want to get to? So think through different ways that you could You could, of course, have even like a private podcast if you wanted to, where you walk through one person's journey or where you introduce several different people. So I mean, the opportunities are endless.
1: Welcome to the Online Creator Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Tradewell, founder of May & James Co., a creative digital company. Building a brand is about human connection. I am here to help you articulate your story through strategy, development, and execution. I believe that anything is possible at any age and at any stage of business. The only limits we have are the ones that we place on ourselves. I want you to feel like you are supported, not alone, and that you are able to take action quickly. On this podcast, expect to hear interviews from a wide range of guest speakers, bite-sized solo episodes from myself, bingeable episodes that will give you insights, different perspectives, and actionable strategies to help you reach your goals personally and professionally. Now let's get into the show. Welcome back to episode 56 of the Online Creator Podcast. Today, I get to speak with Brittany Herzberg. Brittany is a copywriter service providers call when they want to show up as the answer to a Googled question. And that's not an easy feat in this online world. So after test driving her skills with a variety of projects, it dawned on her that her superpower lies in social proof. That combined with her 15 plus years in healthcare field, she has shown her clients how to search for and book with people they connect with and trust. She believes your number one business building tasks should be to create powerful human connection with strangers using SEO and story. And today in the podcast, we do just that. We talk about the power of SEO and story and cultivating your business presence online. We talk about the difference between case studies and testimonials and maybe why they're better and how to use them in your own business and how she came up with the PET PET framework to help write case studies with her clients. Join me in welcoming Brittany to the show today. Hi, Brittany. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm so looking forward to talking all things case study and SEO with you, and so glad that uh, we've had the opportunity to spend a little time together.
0: Yeah, I'm so excited. Thanks for having me.
1: How have you leveraged your voice to better your business and brand and maybe take us on a bit of a journey? Maybe it looked a little different from where you started to where you are now.
0: Yeah. So it's funny because I was thinking about this question and it hit me one way and then I like looked at it again and I was like, oh, actually, that's like I had an answer that I was going to go with. It was like totally not what you were going for. So as far as like audio and using my voice, I've started to use it more, I would say. I do a lot of reels. So I do a lot of like marketing using my voice. I have the podcast that I co-host and then I go on podcasts, which I'm very lucky and fortunate to be able to be on. But yeah, I've, I've started to weave it in even a bit more because, and I'm sure we'll get to like my love of audio. So I won't spill the beans yet, but like I love audio. So I have started to even work in. Not so much sales calls. I've gone away from that and started to do more of like Voxer voice memos with people because by the time they find me, I started to realize they're in. They just have a couple questions about the process or they want to, you know, check the vibe and make sure that we get along and everything. And voice audio has allowed me to do that. So I do a lot of that on Voxer. If people don't have Voxer, they find me on Instagram and we swap voice memos. Even inside, like once I have a client and I'm getting the proposal ready, I do video walkthroughs. Which is cool because then even if it's not a great camera day and I don't have my face on camera, it's still my voice and I'm still walking them through it. And it may be two to five minutes and that seems like nothing, but that really matters to people and I get great feedback on that. And probably the thing I'm most proud of is incorporating a private podcast into my case study training. So it's like my absolute favorite. And that was the thing I was super excited about the first time that I launched the program. I'm actually currently going through my second launch right now and I'm trying something again with a private pop-up podcast so it's only going to be available for I think it's like seven days maybe you know give or take a couple days but I love audio like that's I'll just say that
1: awesome so many good things in there that I can't wait to kind of like dig into (laughs) a little bit deeper but before we do we talked briefly before we hit or I hit record about our personalities and how does that play into that love of audio? And and I also love that you said it really lets people listen and see if they can kind of feel that vibe of who Brittany actually is just through an audio clip. And it's so nice because it does give that still that high touch and personal touch to a client without too much commitment yet. Right. But yeah, how does your personality work with audio and what did that look like?
0: Yeah. So what we were talking about before was being introverted and needing some recovery time. And that's one thing that I love about the voice memos, especially or even like quick loom videos. It doesn't take a whole lot of commitment on my end, but it still makes me feel like I'm connecting with the person on the other side of the computer. And they feel that, too. So some of the words that I hear back from people a lot is like fun knowledgeable easy to understand genuine authentic right so like it makes me feel really good which makes me then want to continue with the audio yes, it does. but i would say like my personality is my brand so for me to be able to weave in audio and just me being me it works out really well because people i don't like things that are fake and that is something that very much is close to my heart and something that i try to bring through in anything that i do and people notice that they recognize that like you can't fake well i guess with ai maybe one day we will be able to but i can't fake my voice i don't want to have that aspect out there yeah. that isn't me that isn't that genuine connection point so i would say my voice is the most direct way that someone can connect with me and latch on to my message or catch my personality
1: yeah i love that so you mentioned also that you co-host with crystal on the simple and smart seo show you've been doing it for a while now. What is your favorite part of doing that
0: uh, show as a co-host? I love it because there's certain things that I'm great at that I'm able to do and certain things that Crystal is great at that she's able to do. So it's nice to have that, you know, playing to each other's strengths. It's fun also because like we were talking about before you hit record, there's the banter that's there. That's really important Mm -hmm. to both of us. And that's something that every single guest we've had has commented on that they like the banter they feel at ease they feel like it's just like a nice conversation that's happening so i mean voice audio is the most genuine way to connect with someone and we definitely get to do that with our guests with the audience that we have it's just a lot of fun and for me it's wonderful because i get to showcase different friends different stories and you know it's not something again that i fake like these are genuinely friends that i've met and i'm like please come on the show so i can introduce you to more people <laughs>
1: Yeah, I love that part. And I was excited to be a guest on your guys's show. And I honestly felt like at the end of it that we had just gone for coffee at a coffee shop. Like it was such a fun conversation. You can definitely tell that you guys have been doing it for a while. So kudos to you because I listened to a few co host shows and they didn't, they just weren't as fun as yours. So <laughs> I really Thank feel you. like if you're going to co-host, you have to really make sure that you play off each other's strengths and are able to support each other that way and all those good things. I was actually just recently listening to or reading a post from, I think his name is Jay Klaus, the Crater oh, Science. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he was doing like a, kind of like an updated like trends or forecasting for what he's seen new in the podcasting world and well, not necessarily new, but what is going to keep you fresh? And if you're just starting, what to kind of maybe apply to yours? And he said a co host show.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not surprised by that because I, it's funny like three times this week, I have seen a very well known podcaster who's actually bringing on a co host. No and way. I know this person. And I was like, that's very interesting. So I have questions. Of course, so, I want to go like cool. chat. And then I've had two friends who have reached out because they know I co host a podcast and they're like, hey, do you have any advice? And actually, I get this question a lot. I actually don't know if Crystal gets this question a lot, but I get it a ton. The point where I was like, I'm just going to write a blog post. And then we had someone come on and talk with us specifically because she wanted to start a podcast with a co-host. So now I have these resources, you know, speaking of audio and why I love it, I have these resources that I can point people to and it feels to them like I'm talking to them or like we are talking to them and explaining things. So it's wonderful.
1: Oh, that is so, so cool. And can we talk a little bit about your private uh, feed now? Because I don't think enough people know enough about all the things they can do with audio and outside of only like a public podcast. I think they're amazing, like we just talked about and all the good things you can do. But (laughs) I love like kind of letting people know how my guests are using private feeds in their world. I guess let's start at the beginning. Like why did you want to start a private feed? Did you see it somewhere? Did you actually listen to one? What kind of got your excitement going about them?
0: Yeah. I mean, giant, huge shout out to my business friend, uh, Leah Bryant, because she is the very first person who introduced me to the idea of a private private podcast. She has it as her part of her lead magnet. Mm-hmm. So she has a quiz and then that leads into her, in her email sequence, she has this private seed. And I just instantly, my brain was like, how can we do this? How can we incorporate yeah. this? Where can we go with it? So the first thing, I think the first thing that came up was with the po- podcast, with Crystal and my podcast, and we were trying to think of a way that we could monetize the podcast. Mm-hmm. And so we thought of having this segment called SEO Shorts it's now gone we dissolved it and rolled it into the public podcast because we just had so much fun with it we were getting such good feedback we're like well why don't we just share this with everyone yeah but it was short it was actionable uh the fee was like ten dollars a month to join and you got four four to five episodes every month yeah so that was like the very first thing i did with private podcasting Mm -hmm. and then when the idea came around for the case study training instantly i was like what is the thing that i don't like about trainings that I take. I don't like that I have to log into Gajabi. I don't like that I have to log into Teachable. And when I, I was talking again before we recorded about being a massage therapist, yeah. I had a commute. I had a 30-minute commute each day, each way. So what would I do? I would listen to stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And if I was ever in a training, I would log in to whatever the platform yeah. was, find the video I was on, find the minute that I was... It was a pain in the butt. Yeah. So I found it and would listen to it but I didn't want my students to have to do that mm-hmm. so that was very important like right off the get-go plus I knew that I could record the videos strip the audio go take that and turn it into a private podcast so Leah helped help me with that and then with this go-around with the launch I know how connected I feel when I listen to someone's voice so I was like how can I bring that in where I don't necessarily have to schedule you know 15 30 minute intro calls Mm-hmm. I can just share some stories with people. I can share case studies with people. I can share about case studies with people. So for me, that's why each of those private podcasts happen.
1: Uh, I love that. There's
0: so much good stuff. you <laughs> And I think it's true. I've been part,
1: I think a lot of us have been part of memberships that have private feeds, but if you have to log into that specific platform to be able to listen to it, people aren't going to listen. Like it's just, if we can make it as easy as possible for people to consume, and I think that's it at the end of the day, because we all are invested if we're like looking and we're searching for the right information and we find it, but like people are busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. meet them where they're at, help them out, be supportive, and audio is a fantastic way to be able to supplement all the good stuff that we have. So good. Have you had good feedback from them? What are people saying about the private feeds or what do you know so far?
0: Yeah. I mean, with the, when we had the private podcast part of the, of the co hosted show, we in like asked people a question at the end of each episode. And a lot of people did respond to us, whether oh, it was like both so of good. us or one or the other. So that was awesome to actually mm-hmm. hear f- direct feedback. We would give Crystal's a teacher and I have the heart of a teacher. So we would give like homework in air quotes. And it was wonderful because it's like, here's your task. Let us know how you do or let us know if anything trips you up. Or So it was cool. We would definitely hear back from people about that. When it comes to the uh, training private podcast, we ha- I had one person who said she binged the entire thing on a road trip with her family. <laughs> so What's she just sat there that? and like, listen. And then I'm excited to see the feedback about this coming private podcast where it's more of like a pop-up podcast. But there's one thing that I thought of when you were talking about incorporating podcasts and people are short on time. One thing I love about audio is that you can speed it up Oh my god! because I write podcast show notes. I've listened to podcasts. I've listened to our podcast and me having that 2x button or Spotify Mm -hmm. having that like beyond 2x button. I love it.
1: It's so amazing. And the more people (laughs) I talk to that actually ask that, I should put in a poll of my stories about that just out of curiosity because... I think most of us listen to it sped up in some capacity. Yeah. It's not that we don't enjoy like the host of the show. This is that, again, I want to get through and then like I've got another one and I've got like yep. this much time where I'm going for like a 30 minute walk or whatever my commute is. Like I, yeah. I got to like block things off when I get through them. Otherwise, it just doesn't happen. So that's totally. so cool that you-
0: Oh, yeah. And actually, I've seen a lot of polls on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and even on threads where they're talking about people are definitely listening to it sped up. So Mm -hmm. we aren't the only ones.
1: (laughs) We're not the only ones. It's a real thing. It really does happen. And it's totally (laughs) fine. It's totally fine. Imagine if you had a library of audio resources readily available for your clients to access your expertise, a place to carry on the conversation a place to build connections and to elevate who you are. Think of me as your fractional audio strategist. This is a three month commitment ideal for the established coach, creative online business owner who is ready to create a presence online. Let's set up and optimize your entire first season or create two to three private audio feeds. The options are endless. What is a fractional audio strategist? This is a short-term consultant position that works with you to produce an entire season of episodes aligned with your business marketing plan. It is ready for you and your team to schedule and publish. You have a choice. You can keep spinning your wheels and flying by the seat of your pants, or you can have a plan and show up consistently in your business. Sound like something you need? Production sprints are available for those that are ready to take action, are confident in their message. Their marketing strategy and are ready to hit record. If you're interested in learning more, check out the link in the show notes to see if production sprints is the right fit for you. Let's yeah. dig into case studies um, versus testimonials. What is the difference? Let's start there. And, and why are you leaning more towards uh, case studies?
0: Yeah. So a good question that I get from people who are like, why case studies and why not testimonials? And I'm like, no, it's an and situation. It's not a but situation. So I even inside the case studies weave in testimonial quotes because it just makes the story seem like it's coming from that person even that much more, which it is. It's just me usually transcribing and putting into a story format an interview that took place. Again, either a video or an audio interview. So here we are weaving that in. But case studies, if you're listening and you aren't familiar with what they are, they are the. They can be written. They can be video. They can be audio. But it is a storyified, the way I do it, format of the client or student journey of working with you. So it's much more robust than a testimonial. We get to hear the nuance. We get to hear the journey. We get to hear just you know case studies allow for more. But when it's between a testimonial and a case study, there's just more room for more. In a good picture that I like to paint for people is that a testimonial is like a movie trailer where you get that little snippet and then case studies are the full feature-length film where you get everything you get to ride that train through that journey with people.
1: I love that explanation of it because that totally (laughs) makes sense in my head. So how long typically is a case study and is it kind of similar prompts but diving deeper like you said like versus a testimonial?
0: Yeah so that's a great And I would say the length that I usually land at is around a thousand words for each case study. It varies. And if that sounds like a lot of words to you, don't worry. You could, I've definitely written one as short as, I think it was like 500 or 750. So, you know, there's a range and it just kind of depends on like the material that you're pulling from. Do you have an hour long interview? Do you have just a survey form? So there's, there's that to think about, but what was the other part of the question? Oh, the prompted questions, are they like
1: just like a little bit deeper than like a testimonial would be
0: more like surface level or? So I find that I ask a lot of the similar questions, but that you want to get more out of it and you want to pull what we what we call in the copywriting world, pull on a thread. So if someone says a thing, then it allows you. Can you tell me more about that? And then you stay quiet and Uh (laughs) and let them actually explain. So, again, it just allows for for more. Yeah, I so
1: I come from that background of qualitative versus quantitative research. And Mm -hmm. I always understand the, like the balance between them both, because I believe in the importance of them both. But I do tend to lean more on that qualitative side, because I love I love just the exactly what you said there. Questions that are thoughtful and perspective that kind of lean into where you want to go without leading the conversation because you want an actual true answer from the person that you're interviewing, right? So I love that piece of it. Do you also find that thinking about audio now, because you had mentioned there could be a questionnaire to answer these and to get more feedback from your case studies, what did you find more useful? Or do you have like a framework Mm -hmm. that you use that makes sense when you're trying to, you know, develop all these case studies?
0: Yes, I definitely have a framework. And I will share that. And to answer your first question, I have written case studies with video interviews that were even posted in a Facebook group or on a YouTube channel. I've written them based on a podcast interview that someone had. I've also written them on, this was a very proud moment for me. It was a like four-question survey form plus a quote, that, like a testimonial quote that the blurb that the person had written. So you can do it with a little bit. You can do it with a lot. You just kind of have to like once you have the framework, I guess, which would be good for me to talk about that now, when you have the framework, then you know the things that you need to plug in. And then if you do have follow-up questions, you then know what you need to go and grab. So the framework I use, I actually developed because I'll take you way back when I was a kid growing up, we grew up not really in neighborhoods where my brother and I say we not really in neighborhoods where there were kids our age. They were always like older people, Mm. elders, seniors, like older adults, right? So I ended up with a lot of like fake grandparents or grandparents. Gotcha. And one thing about older people is they are amazing, amazing storytellers. Mm -hmm. I was not born with that gift, whether it was verbal or written. I was just not born with that gift. I will Mm -hmm. take you down every side street. I will tell you about this thing. Like I'll introduce you to this person, which is not a really wonderful thing. So when I discovered that I wanted to write case studies, I was like, oh, how can like, I do this in a way where I can keep the reader with me, take them down the page, take them on this story? So I came up with this framework, which starts with like what problem were they having or what desire were they looking for? What was their experience like? And then what was the transformation that took place? Also known as my pet framework, which my friend Brenna helped me discover that I had a really rad name for. And with me having like I've had my cat Moonlight and then I have my dog Jack who's still with me. So me with the animal lover heart and being able to put like paw prints on everything oh, that perfect. has to do with the pet framework, I'm like, this is totally on brand. Yeah, totally.
1: Mm-hmm. That's so cool. And I think, well, having a framework first and foremost is so important in all the work that we do, but also like leading somebody through it is, its it can be hard. And I think you're right. Do you ever come across somebody saying, oh, this is just, I'm, I don't know if I can like answer all Like this enough because even like sometimes getting a testimonial from someone is hard.
0: Yeah, it is. So, are you thinking of like the case study subject or the person who's doing the interviewing? Well, actually, kind of probably not the (laughs) subject. Probably
1: the person answering it because I think most people, when they talk about a subject that that excites them, they could probably Mm -hmm. do it fairly well. But have you ever come across like just people going? I don't know if I'll be able to have enough to answer to to develop like a thousand word. Do you know, does that oh, ever gotcha. come as like a barrier or as they're yeah. going through it, they're just able to like, and you're like you said, the pulling the thread is <laughs> exactly why you're there. Right. Because you're yeah. guiding them through the process.
0: Right. It's so it can be intimidating for people who haven't written a case study before yeah. or who hear a thousand words and are like, oh, uh, they just right. clam up. It's just it sounds intimidating. So sometimes I hesitate to answer that question, but it's, it's not a big deal. It sounds like a lot, but once you actually see it and you go through the process, it's like, oh, that wasn't that hard. And knowing that it doesn't have to be a thousand words, that's just me saying that that's what's typical for me. Once I talk people through that, they're like, oh, okay. But when it comes to actually interviewing and asking someone questions, sometimes they're a little bit like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to answer this or say enough for you. But that's where me or you, who's doing the interviewing, that's where that magic comes in. That's where you listen very intently. That's where you look for those threads that you can pull on. And that's actually part of the training that I'm doing next week. And that's why I'm doing it. It's like, how do you select someone to write a case study about? And then how do you interview them? What questions do you ask? And this is why, because this has come up. But once people have that list of questions or they understand the task a little bit better, They feel much more confident and then they're like, oh, I got this. Oh,
1: that's so cool. So
0: I do run into that hesitation, both like from people that I'm interviewing or for people that I'm training how to write case studies. But it's so manageable and it's so navigable. I think that's a word. We're going to go with that. (laughs) But, you know, once you (laughs) see it, it's like, oh, okay, I got this. (laughs) I
1: got this. Okay, that's so cool. And how can you use case studies in your business then, especially uh, during like non-launch times? Because we just work seasonally in our business and some moments that, you know, we're excited about creating this new offer and we can use them. But what about those seasons where it's a little bit quieter and how do you use them or what do you see as being really supportive for them?
0: Yeah, so I think it comes down to what are your goals when you're between launches? We want to keep our audience warm or warm up new leads or build that sense of connection with people and really get to show them like, hey, this is who I am and this is how I help people and mm-hmm. look, look at so-and-so. I really like, for me personally, I really love sharing stories. So it's yes. like zero surprise that I write you know, SEO copywriting and write case studies. Right. But other people want to do that too. And so it's like, you want to show off your people. You want to like introduce them to other people. I'm not mm-hmm. the only one who, uh, this is not like some Britney special thing. So when you write case studies, And when you share them between launches, you're keeping that audience warm, you're being top of mind, Mm -hmm. even for referrals. And then you're also like just allowing for that connection to go deeper and you're sparking conversations. So there's a few different ways that I like to use them between launches and that I've seen other people use them between launches. First of all, you can use it to prep for your launch. So like, let's start there. You can use that to weave in new language in your sales page. You can use that to add new quotes to your sales page. You could use that to write your case study so that you can then also feature it on your sales page, which is something that goes against like all of the sales page rules. Like we're breaking rules over here, but it's very strategic because you want to show people what's possible. And especially now with buyers, just needing that longer, higher touch runway, like case studies are wonderful. Um, something else that you can do is use it in your newsletter, in your email. You can reintroduce someone to your newsletter list and you can do that a few different ways. You could um, either have like that problem experience transformation, have those highlights and then invite people to go read the full case study. Or you could walk them through just the front, the intro part of it, the front, the top part of it and invite them to go and read the case study. You could take them to the written case study. You could take them to the video, to the podcast interview. There's a number of things that you could do another place that I like seeing them and using them is on social media. So you could use it in your Instagram stories and your Instagram reels or take that to TikTok or something else and you do the same thing. But it just keeps you top of mind. It keeps that audience warm. It keeps them again, testing out that vibe, seeing if they do connect with you and if they maybe want to work with you. And something that one of my clients mentioned is that case studies, when you read them, they enable you to see like, is this the person that I want to work with? And is this the process that I want to go through to get to this destination that I want to get to? So think through different ways that you could, you could of course have even like a private podcast if you wanted to, where you walk through one person's journey or where you introduce several different people. So I mean, the opportunities are endless.
1: I kind of love them, like I'm thinking like how I see private feeds, right? You can just use them in so many different ways, and so mm-hmm. can you apply these and I love that you mentioned like even the private feeds piece because I could totally see a whole feed developed on past client work and mm-hmm. what you did with them. Oh yeah, my brain's going I, know, I love I love it, okay, so many good examples there. I hope people will reach out and find you to figure out if this sparks some interest how they can get it going in their world because I really do believe that importance and value of showcasing mm-hmm. what you've done with others is really, really important and valuable and that's not going to go away anytime soon. Oh, no. before <laughs> I also let you go because I know you're an expert in the SEO world as well. Mm-hmm. SEO can really feel, I think we tend to overcomplicate it sometimes. What do you wish people knew about SEO to to just spark some, like, oh, I never thought this about that. This yeah. is
0: First of all, if you haven't heard of SEO, what is it? Search engine optimization. That is a fancy, what is it, acronym? Just to say it's how you show up as the answer to a Googled search question. Right. So someone goes in, they type something in, you want to show up on that page to be like, hey, I can help you with this thing. Here's a blog. Here's my service. Here's me. Here's a podcast, whatever it may be. So that is what it is. It is not super intimidating. It does not have to be super costly either. That was like a big fear of mine. It was like, All these big names are talking about it. It's going to be so expensive. No, it's not. It does cost you some time and some effort, but it, the payoff just like keeps on going for years and years and years. So a couple of things I like to remind people of is that it's never too early or too late. This isn't something that you need to beat yourself up about. Of like, oh, I should have done this X amount of years ago. Nope. Now mm-hmm. it's perfect time. Because time is on your side, it's kind of like SEO, like wine or cheese, where it just gets better with time. <laughs> Again, one of my fun pictures, but it's also much simpler than we've been led to believe. So you don't have to get super technical. You don't have to get super like geeked out nerdy about your SEO. And another fun fact is that even if you think you don't have an SEO strategy at play, you do. You've been gifted one. And I discovered that the hard way when I started to learn SEO. My website was entirely dedicated to massage therapy and to me finding massage clients. And I was showing up in searches for some like not super wonderful terms when it's right, related right. to massage therapy. So I'll just let your brain take a little field trip on that one. Oh um, my gosh. But I was like, this is not my intention. So then what did I have to do? I had to go back to my intention, go back to like, mm-hmm. what do I do? Who do I help? How do I help them? What do I want to be known for? And think through that. And then you, you kind of have your SEO strategy right there.
1: That's so cool. Do you have any favorite resources that can help people uh, down this lane of SEO?
0: <laughs> With SEO? Yes. So I mean, honestly, I love the, the cheat sheet that I've created. It's called okay. an SEO basics checklist. Awesome. Because I know what's in it and because I know that I actually also include a video training in that email welcome sequence. Perfect. So you plug your email in, you get this download and then I'm in your inbox for a little while. I think it's like five five or six days. Being like, hey, there's this thing, here's this other thing, here's what you need to know about this. And then when it comes to like storytelling, I also wanted to mention, oh, my friend and business coach Maggie Laney mentioned this book to me called Stories That Stick by Kendra Hall. I'm obsessed with it. So if anyone is like also wanting to dive down of like, I want to learn how to get better at storytelling, highly recommend that book. Okay. It's a wonderful writing it down
1: as well. And I'll make sure that all of these good Notes are in the show notes so that people can just quickly link and grab because I think that's important, right? There's so many good resources out there, it almost can be overwhelming, and you don't know where to start if you're looking for a specific thing. But storytelling and SEO are so important. And I love that you said that don't, you know, don't worry about where you are in your journey, just get started today. Because if we're creating all this amazing content, we want people to find it. We don't want to create it and and hope that people will find it. Right. Like, please,
0: please, internet people, help us be found. No, like you actually have to feed the engine a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's such good advice. I've loved this conversation with you. Where can people find you if they want to reach out?
0: Yeah, I I always am on Instagram. So come say Uh hi on Instagram. I don't bite. I actually had someone on my email list just this last week. She was like, I know you're always like inviting us to write back to you on the email, but I just wanted to come over here and say hi instead. And I was like, okay, hi. <laughs> that's so
1: great. We yeah. wrote a, a voice note on Instagram because I think she would appreciate it. I know we. That's how we yeah. started too. So <laughs> I, I love that. And also, before you go, I love always ending with a few rapid fire questions. Mm-hmm. I hope that works for you. Oh
0: yeah, <laughs> it won't I'm will People be, ready. <laughs> it won't no. be oh, that's What we say
1: about SEO? <laughs> right. What do you do to shake off a bad day? Because not every day is like <laughs> marvelous in this online space. So how do you show back up with energy and creativity to dive into what you do?
0: Yeah, I'm giggling really hard because this week has been really intense. And so I've had a couple of days this week where it's like, what do I need to do? Sometimes yeah. it's as simple as I actually posted this on my Instagram stories. I just like shook out myself, like sitting on the couch. I was just like, huh? <laughs> Yeah. Just to like wake my brain back up. Sometimes I'll do a lap around the house. Sometimes I'll go out for a walk. Sometimes I'll just like listen to music or tune out, listen to an audio book. Just go away from the thing, move my body somehow and then come back.
1: That's good advice. And I think everybody should do that.
0: (laughs) Move, step
1: away. Please move move, and step away. (laughs) But that's true, though. Like, honestly, when sometimes when things just keep going wrong 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 I literally just turn off everything and I walk away because it's yeah. just sometimes it's just like that rabbit hole it's just not going away that day and what's the point of fighting it like if that yeah. energy is not flowing then just find it I somewhere know. else and you'll come back
0: to like spiral
1: oh, it's so crazy it's so crazy <laughs> is there any advice that you've been given along your entrepreneurial journey you know, because this isn't the first thing that you've taken off. You you said that you were and are a massage mm-hmm. therapist still. Um, is there any great advice along the way, though, of this online space that you've been given that you would love others to know or hear?
0: This is going to sound awful, but it, it didn't come from anyone else. It was something that I've just like taken with me my yeah. whole life. There was this little pillow that my mom had given me. It was like a wind up little music box, like five inches long. It was oval. And on the front, it it was embroidered. And it said, if you see someone without a smile, give them one of yours. Aww. So that is just like something that it's constantly at the front of my brain. And it's like, okay, I may be having a crappy day, you know, to weave in yeah. the last thing. But is it possible for me to give something or do something or brighten up someone else's day? Or is me just saying, hey, I'm having a rough day. How about you? Is that like all we need just to know that we aren't the only ones who are who are yeah. having a rough one? Um And then I guess like as far as something that's really served me well, being a business owner, whether it's like in real life, in person with my massage clients or being online, is having a really good support system, having other business owners who get it, having other business owners who will cheer you up on the days that you feel like crap that are just like going wrong. And then a lot of times I take their comments, their feedback and put it in like a happy folder on my laptop. So, cause we all had have bad days. That's another thing to do. So good.
1: That's <laughs> so good. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Then you can go back to that. Right. Yeah.
0: Go back to the happy folder.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. It's like a little treasure chest. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Thank you again. I'm so glad that our paths have crossed in this yeah. crazy online world and I hope people reach out and, you know, if they're looking for support and help in copy SEO, in case studies i am so so yeah, digging into that after this conversation today you know where to um, find because, me <laughs> yes absolutely because it, it can be so much more than a testimonial and mm-hmm. i love that explanation of how you explained it so
0: thank, thank you. you thanks for having me this was great good
1: thanks so much for listening into the show it truly means so much to me you can check out the important links mentioned in today's episode in the show notes and please join the conversation over on Instagram at May and James Co. I love hearing from you. There are so many great conversations coming up, so please make sure you are subscribed to Apple or Spotify or any of your favorite media players so that you don't miss out. And if you enjoyed the show today, please share and leave a review and a rating because it helps us so very much. Until next time.